Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with a vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, let's Manifest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Manifest. Today, I am going to be chatting with Rob Humphrey, who is a thought-provoking speaker. He has a unique perspective on sales, education, marketing, and the college to career transition. He loves to share stories that are real, that are assembled from his decade-long career of working with global employers, students, and educational institutions of all types. Rob is one of the best people to have this conversation with. And he's definitely a friend of Manifest. He's a friend of mine, and I'm excited to have him join. And Rob, welcome to Let's Manifest. Kim, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Oh, absolutely. This has been a long time coming. I feel like we've we've talked about ways of you getting involved and ways for us to work together. And you know, we've had the opportunity to work together professionally, but now on this new endeavor that I'm on, I was like, how can we do this? And you were so helpful and willing, and you're like, let's record. So I'm excited to have you do, <laughs> have you do this with me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have today, but more so looking forward to you sharing with listeners and just for them to be inspired and encouraged by your story. So before we get into that, Rob, let's play a game. The game is called This or That. And you're not supposed to think about this. This is really just supposed to be whatever comes to mind, and it should be fun. Right on. I'm in. You're in? All right. Let's do it. First one, coffee or tea? Coffee. Cool. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Another dog fan. All right. Well, you know, I'm looking at getting a new dog, so we're going to have that conversation offline. Well, <laughs> happy to talk about that. I've got three of them, so happy to happy to get into that with you at some point. Definitely, <laughs> definitely dogs. Definitely dogs. All right. What about physical books or electronic books? Well, that assumes I read, and I don't really read that much, but that would be electronic <laughs> for me, Kim, 100%. Electronic? All right. Summer or winter? Winter. School or work? Work. Work. All right. And the last one is LinkedIn or Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with LinkedIn on this one. I think that's a wise choice. <laughs> I think it's a wise choice. And like we love Facebook as well, but you know, for for the purpose of this conversation, I think that LinkedIn was an awesome setup, and it's definitely going to be mentioned during our conversation. So I like that you started there. Um, so Rob, as we get started in the conversation, what is some advice you would give to your 15 year old self? Like really thinking back on where you've been in your journey and how you have gotten here. What's some advice you would tell 15 year old Rob? This is a great question, by the way. And, um, you know, for, for context, my daughter is turning 18 in, uh, in, a, in a few weeks, actually. So, you know, when I think about what advice I would give to my 15-year-old self, it's almost like I'm talking to my daughter, right? And right. the things that I tell her are dream big. And yes, you know, um, I say that a lot. It's on my coffee mug. Um, it's a really important piece of the puzzle when you're that age. Obviously, okay. um, 
you know, in these discussions, I'm always talking about uh, with my daughter and just thinking about that age. It's like, you know, you're, you're so conflicted. You've got your uncle at Thanksgiving telling you what you should do. You've got people asking you where you're going to college. And, you know, all those questions are useful, but you know what the most interesting question is, is what inspires you? And I think that would be my advice is to think what, what does inspire the 15 year old self? Um, and kind of focus in on that and try to, you know, embrace that. That would be my best advice. That's actually really awesome advice and happy birthday to your daughter when it comes. And I know that, you know, when we are that young, I'm just thinking about the fact that 15, you know, you're not even really thinking too much beyond the moment of probably prom and college and, you know, probably a part-time job, right? But dreaming big is where it really matters because sometimes in the midst of being 15, kids start to kind of feel stressed, right? They start thinking about, you know, like life and, and, and they get caught up in the details of how it's all supposed to happen, but they forget to dream. And I think that that's pretty cool that you would tell your daughter that as well as your 15 year old self knowing all the things you know now, right? Yep. Yeah. And then one of the things that I'm, I'm curious to know is how has your career led you to this moment? Because in the beginning, we started this and I gave a brief intro of you, but I didn't do you full justice. So let's talk about your career path and how you got here. Yeah, sure. So let me give you the Reader's Digest version. Um, <laughs> like a lot of people, I went to college, I graduated, I tried to find a job in my field. Interestingly enough, um, I went to school for healthcare administration and gerontology. Now, wow. I can tell you, that six months into working at a hospital in Boston, I was like, this is not for me. So fast forward, I became a professional recruiter. I consider myself a recovering staffing director and recruiter. I've spent a lot of time in that industry. I hired a lot of people. Um, and then um, I had a entrepreneurial sort of swing of many, many different startups, many in the video game industry as a, essentially as a recruiter and a, a marketing strategist. And then eventually started my career for real when I turned about 40 and joined LinkedIn. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, I was really all over the place. I had what I refer to as sort of career ADHD, and it's totally fine. I, I'm a big believer in like there is no linear path. It's 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 never going to be that way, even if you think it is. And um, so then I started at LinkedIn. And really how I got to where I am now was when I started that job, I'll never forget talking to uh, Jim Duddy and Mike Gamson, the, the managers that I had at that time. And I told them what I wanted to do. And it was a pretty big dream. And they said, great, we're going to help you make that happen. And, um, we want you to, to come as you are with your, with your personality and your quirks and just go do work. And that's what I have focused on for the last decade plus. And that's how I've, I've gotten here in a, in short order. Wow. You know, let's go back because one of the things that you said, you said career ADHD, but I think that it's actually very fitting that you were able to have all these other jobs that you realized just did not work. And then you were able to come into recognizing, recognizing what was for you. But every single thing that we do always plays into the bigger picture, right? So it kind of goes back to dreaming big. If we were to really think about some of the things that we probably went to do when we were 15, 16, maybe even 25, right? 
We're probably some way doing a little bit of it now in an indirect or direct way, I would think. Because as I think about myself, I think about the fact that I started my college career in journalism. And that's what I swore I would be doing, right? And then I transferred schools and I changed my major to public relations. <laughs> I graduated from school, worked for a nonprofit. And while at the Make-A-Wish Foundation, I was like, well, you know, this definitely isn't really for me. Like, I love the mission. I loved everything that it stands for, or it stood for, stands for to this day because they haven't changed. But I just realized that the the work that I was doing was not necessarily for me in that moment because of where I was in life, having just bought a house. And, you know, nonprofit, you're probably not going to get paid that great, right? Fast forward to working for different companies as an executive assistant, I realized that while that was cool, that still wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. But then I left only to come back to the company, but in a different role as program manager now. And yeah. during that time, I realized that, hey, I actually like recording podcasts. And guess what? It ties back to journalism in some way. So it's like everything, <laughs> everything I think has a way of coming back to kind of like that center. If we were to dream big and we remember our dreams some way, somehow, they probably have something to do with what we're doing right now. Yeah. You know, that's a really interesting way to think about it. I really, I really can connect with that. You know, when, when I was in college um, and retrospectively, I'll say this, and this may not be popular, but I don't even know if I should have went to college, honestly. But when I did go, um, it was fascinating because I'm a really big into snowboarding. I've been snowboarding since the middle eighties, wearing my like Herman survivors duct tape onto my board and like <laughs> climbing up mountains. And, you know, when I was at school in Ithaca, there's this one guy, um, that I hung out with a lot and he was a film student and he, he would like experiment with taking videos and films of me, like, you know, doing crazy stuff on my snowboard. And way back then, I always, I always thought like, wow, I wonder how you would like actually make that your job. But of course I didn't do that like out of the gates. I didn't really have the, the tenacity to figure that out. Cause I was so like, I've got to finish my degree and get a job and do this and then become a manager and so on. So the reason I bring that up is right now I'm actually working towards that goal again. Like I think that I could actually spend, um, a lot of time not being a professional snowboarder, but being out in the mountains and, um, you know, maybe making some films and doing these things that like, I've always said to myself, I should have done this and you still right. can do these things. Right. And, uh, that's really the takeaway for me from like kind of your, your comments. I appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, again, this is why we have these conversations, right. For people that are listening to actually start to either realize that they too can do something that they're thinking about or for them to not feel that they're not doing the right thing. Like we don't want anyone to feel like there is a absolute way to do one thing because there never is. There's tons of ways of doing it, you know, and, and there's always probably a thousand ways to get to your end goal is what I'm realizing because it doesn't always mean that the path is going to be straight, but it does mean to stay on the path, whatever that may be. Yep. Yeah. So as we start to talk through the path, right? <laughs> um, now that you are where you are, how do you handle limiting beliefs of getting even further? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's really just like an intense, like trying to maintain an intense focus or 
just a focus on a few things that are going to move move me forward or move like whatever I'm involved in forward. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think like getting focused on a couple of things, even like on a daily basis, like just not trying to have a laundry list of items to complete, but rather always working towards one really important goal or um, two key things tactically or otherwise that are going to get me to the next step. And um, that's the sort of discipline I'm trying, still trying to really master in, you know, leverage to, to move ahead quickly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it is something I think that you will master for sure, because I know that you're committed to this and I know that you have committed to helping students. And I know that that is a part of why you started your new company. So can you talk to the audience about what led you to create do work? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, a lot of folks uh, at LinkedIn where I work have, um, you know, have some type of side hustle. There's uh, people that have had sock companies. There's um, there's a, a friend of mine, Jeff Becker in New York, who created ear hooks. And a lot of people may not know that he invented those, but he did. And those are the things that go on your ear pods. And everyone has some kind of a side hustle. And I've always, always been really focused on doing two things that that really interest me one is trying to write or create content that inspires young people and by young people i mean like you know people in high school like my daughter's age and people that are in college uh, or in some kind of learning situation in an effort to sort of move their career ahead and the, the second piece is as you probably know kim i've done um hundreds of talks to students in fact i've addressed almost 35,000 students in my career at LinkedIn. And these are primarily college students, both, you know, community colleges, big elite schools, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. And one of the things I love the most, I find most therapeutic, it's like doing these talks. And right. in my talks, you know, I'm using like interesting themes. Like my, my most common talk is Game of Thrones oriented. And a lot of students connect with that. Um, I have a lot of different versions of these talks. So I thought to myself, you know, in addition to, you know, being a great salesperson, what if I actually launched this do work initiative? And I started embarking on like, how can I actually get this message out there to students and to young people in general that, you know, they can dream big and do work and like get paid and really live um, an amazing life that isn't probably what we would all think of as a traditional way to go. So mm -hmm. Short story is I've always wanted to do this and I've always wanted to do this, um, you know, the right way. And I got really lucky in that a lot of students reach out to me, a lot of amazing students. And in fact, right in the middle of like the pandemic, I've got a call from this woman, Sydney Turner, who's a high school student at Apex High School. And she did created this amazing video asset for her school, Apex Friendship High School. And I actually know the principal, Matt White, super like interesting guy, literally one of the best principals, high school principals in the country. So she reached out to me and said, Rob, I want to help you. I've been watching your show. I have a show called Unlock LinkedIn every Tuesday. And um, she wanted to get involved. So I've got this group of students, basically, many have just graduated high school um, as content creators helping me you know, take my knowledge and put that in the con context of, you know, students so that young people can really connect with it. Uh, a perfect example is on the do work page. Just recently I did my podcast, right. My, my live stream on LinkedIn 
and uh, Sydney right. put this video together, 84 second video explaining how to, you know, get deeper connections uh, in the classroom while you're in college, while you're on a Zoom call, that type of thing. So long story short, I've always wanted to do this. I've always been doing this. And now I'm formalizing it in a way where um, I'm going to, of course, use the LinkedIn platform and probably some other platforms to really get the message out there and get young people to hear from not just me, but other young people um, who are struggling, who are confused, and who are trying to figure out, um, you know, how to be, you know, productive members of society or just have fun or, you know, just just have some sanity. And that that's what my goal is. I'm so focused on it. I'm so passionate about it. And that's how Do Work came about. Well, I love that you're doing this. And I love that you're using students to share because it is important for, for, for students to hear from their peers as well. And for them to know that, again, there's someone there that can relate to me, someone that understands. And for you, I think part of why I was looking forward to this conversation was because I knew that the work you're doing is not only awesome and it's timely and it's all these great things, but I also know that you really are passionate about and you're committed to seeing students be successful beyond high school, whatever path they choose. Like this is a part of, I think, who you are. And I think that it's awesome that you're doing it and that you've been committed to this. But I do have a question for you. Sure. The question that I have for you is, do you believe students are set up for success? Like, are they getting that in high school for them to really be ready for what happens beyond graduation? No, they're not. Yeah. And here's what's yeah. going on. You've got really like, you've got, you've got students that are in high school right now, right? And they're, you know, they're in a public school, they're in a private school, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, but the main goal there is to, you know, get them basic, the basics, right? Uh, reading, mm -hmm. writing, math. That is the really core goal. Um, but when it comes to this kind of concept of career counseling or whatever you want to call it, like preparing people for the future, here's the normal thing that happens. Um a student goes into their high school counselor, and most of the time they, they don't. But when they do, uh, usually they're plugging their information into some, some website or database, right? And this has happened to my sons, and I never forget this experience where the counselors basically said, okay, well, your GPA is 3.1. And, you know, you've done this and that and you're, you know, you've done some sports. So listen, here's the schools you can go to. One's a community college. One is a state school. And that's pretty much what you should do. And by the way, you should, you know, you should do this major. And that's kind of like the normal conversation that makes me like upset and sad because right. you think about the influencers for young people today. It's like, you've got to go to college, get a degree, and then get a job at some consulting firm or accounting firm or whatever, you know, or, or the, my favorite thing is your daughter should be a coder. I'm like, mm. okay, well, my daughter's not a STEM person. She's a creative person. Um, she's not going to do that. So I guess what I'm saying is it's broken. It, it, it's really the influencers of how you're getting to where you go is, is broken. And I've even been a, you know, uh, a person that's been influenced in that way. I mean, um, healthcare administration and gerontology, I don't know how I came up with that. I know I didn't come up with that. I think my parents and <laughs> my brothers and my family, you know, like, hey, you know, this is a probably a good field to go into. And that's a crime. You know, 
we should be teaching students that they can do whatever they want because they definitely can. I mean, um, I, I have millions of examples, maybe not millions, but a lot of examples of people that have um, really departed the pattern and, you know, not listened to that sort of traditional advice. So I think it's a broken model and it even extends into college to some extent where there's not that many people that really, um, you know, are, are able to sort of do the inspirational end of the equation, which I think is equally as important. Oh, absolutely. And I can definitely speak to having that, that experience in high school where, you know, your advisor, your guidance counselor will tell you what they think you should be doing based on your, your grade point average. And in some cases, they may try to sway you into areas where the school has affiliations, right, or ties to certain programs. And before you know it, you're like, yeah, which is partly why a lot of people go into programs and they're like, I hate it here <laughs> because they were never really that passionate about it to begin with. They went with the, the thinking that this was good for them based on what someone else told them, not realizing that at 16, 17, 18, even 19, 20, you still don't really know what you want to do. Like some people are, you know, from the, the, the gate, they come out the womb and they're like, I want to be a doctor. That's all it is. And that's what they do. And they manifest it. Right. But then there are other people that are like, okay, you know, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a chef. And then, then when I became a teenager, I wanted to be a doctor. Then when I became, you know, ready to enter into college, I decided that I wanted to be a nurse. I don't want to be a doctor anymore. <laughs> you know, like it could be, it could be any of these things that happen. But when you do sit in in a guidance counselor's office and they're basically kind of telling you whatever the script is, not only is it not very inspirational, but it, it's not very organic either. It's very it's blah. it's <laughs> almost, almost like it's almost like political. It's like the uh, it, it, in high school in particular, like not having a plan of where you're going to college, not having that shirt on, and taking the picture of where you got in early is it's almost like this this weird phenomenon you know i mean it's almost yeah. like when you go to school and you graduate without a job people think it's the end of the world it's not it's, it's not, not it's an unspoken like expectation that if you're graduating high school you should go to college that's wrong right. it, you're graduating college and you should have a, a job by may i mean especially now i mean um there's no need to panic about all this stuff in fact um I think that most high school seniors right now, they should really consider not going to college at least for a year. And, you know, a lot of parents that listen to this podcast are going to be rolling their eyes, but you know me, <laughs> I just tell it like it is. I think that, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, and it's a great time for, you know, a generational sort of shift in perspective. And, you know, it, it won't probably occur, but I really am an advocate of, um, you know, high school students really, really exploring um, the future. And, you know, I, 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 I try to teach them about LinkedIn because I think that uh, while it's not the sexiest platform, it's not TikTok, right? It's a, right. a crystal ball to the future if you leverage it correctly. And once I show students that, um, it's really illuminating. Uh, for example, recently I was talking to a group of high school students, which is not uncommon for me. You know, I, these folks are at my house and so on and so forth. And, you know, the, the general consensus was, you know, I've got a, I'm going to go to this school, get this degree and then, then get, you know, get this job. And I said, why would you do it that way? Like if you, if you didn't have to, and 
really fascinating discussion. Um, this is a whole new group of, of people. They think completely differently and, you know, right. they really devote themselves to more bigger, bigger issues. And um, it's really fascinating. I think it's a, the, the, the true entrepreneurial creative generation right now graduating high school. And I think you're going to see a lot of, a lot of changes that way. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it, do you think that with the, the I, I shouldn't say it's a pivot because people have been doing virtual learning for, for years. Right. But with so many more having to learn online, do you feel that that's going to increase or do you feel that more people are going to try to go the traditional route of, the way that you know we were kind of pushed in because they're like look i want i want to engage more with people socially so i do want to go to college and have that experience versus people coming out of school pursuing an entrepreneurial um effort yeah so here's what i think i think that um i think that a lot of uh young people went to school and were excited for the social piece of it and the vast majority of them, many of them that I know working on this Do Work project, um, there's this super talented fellow, Jonas Kemmel, and he's um, he's on the Do Work initiative. He went back to University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Within a week, he got COVID. So did his whole suite. Um, wow. You know, that's how he started. And um, luckily, he's he's well and all that. But, you know, he's, he's probably not super stoked because him and his uh, – whole crew are basically, you know, another ousted from the campus or whatever it may be. But, you know, it's, it's a really crazy time. And I think that, um, a lot of people are going to, uh, a lot of young people are going to re sort of recalibrate their game plan. And I think with regard to virtual learning, you can, you know, you can definitely, you can definitely navigate virtual learning, uh, in college and beyond during the pandemic, you know, and beyond. And, um, it's it's really a matter of not getting stuck in practices of the past, like really uh, focusing in on the revolution that's happening in the workplace. And that's what my sort of my advice is like COVID has accelerated this this change. Right. And the virtual shift um, has been present for a while. But now it's like it's the way. So, right. you know, you're not alone in this. Like you literally can harness this. And a lot of these, I'd say the majority of young people, they kind of get this right. Right. And they know that wearing a mask doesn't mean that they shouldn't remember your face. Right. So they're, they're really, they're really much more agile or resilient than, than people older. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that with so many people that have gone into you know, going gone into school with the idea that they have to be there for the entire duration of college, right? For example, college, we're going to speak about that. But for people that feel they have to stay there, even when they're miserable, what I'm finding is that those are the people that upon graduation, they come out and they pursue sometimes these entrepreneurial um, initiatives that they've always wanted to do. And then they're super successful. And then the first thing they say is, I should have dropped out when <laughs> when I first thought to, you know, where some people would say to them, no, it's actually good that you stayed the course. But for them, they, and I've heard this personally, they feel like they could have dedicated that time even more to doing what they were really passionate about. So what I'm thinking is that not only are students in a position to better equip themselves to make a 
more concrete decision for how they want to move forward. They also don't necessarily have, they, they should learn from, you know, what's been done in the past for sure. But I feel like right now, virtual learning is going to force people to be even more creative of how they engage socially, right? They're going to find ways to do it. And then they can probably create a new platform to do it on and so on and so forth. But I do feel like they're in a good position, like you said. And I don't think that anyone should be feeling the need to make any kind of concrete decisions right now, even if it is a matter of it being they're going into their senior year. I almost feel like you're saying, take the time and and make a better decision instead of feeling like you have to do what was done for eons and eons ago. Yeah. Yeah. So students listening, take Rob's advice. Take your time. <laughs> yeah. Just be, just be mellow and just like take it a step at a time for sure. Take it a step at a time. And then, you know, speaking of advice, has there been, and I'm sure there is, there's been a time where you did advise a student and they came back and told you it was super helpful. But what about the times where they came back and said, or have they ever come back and said, Rob, that really wasn't that helpful? How do, how do you handle that? Or have you ever had to handle something like that? <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. I don't, I don't know. Like working with students is interesting. You know, it's obviously my, my passion, my, my volunteer part of my, my work. Right. And right. Um, so I, I have no, like, I don't have, I don't have any preconceived notions about um, whether people take the advice or, or not. So I've had a lot of success stories, of course, and a lot of people um, send me notes about how, you know, I've, I've helped them in some small way or connected with them, connected them with someone that's helped them, which is equally as important. In fact, probably more important. Um, but there's definitely been people that have come to me, um, you know, and said, hey, Rob, listen, you know, you've given me this advice. I've followed it. I've applied for hundreds of jobs. No one has gotten back to me. Mm-hmm. And that type of discussion you know, my usual reaction to that is, okay, well, like, that's not, that's not like the end of the world. Like, you know, applying for a hundred jobs and knowing getting back to you, should, you should consider that pretty commonplace. And what, what you need to do is, you know, kind of look back at what kind of message you're sending out or how you're approaching this and find other people that are going to give you a differing opinion um, instead of just kind of like complaining about it. Um right. It's it's the biggest complaint I hear, which is, you know, uh, based on my advice or otherwise, which is like, no one's getting back to me. And it's probably oh. one of a couple things. It's the way you're messaging or it's just, you know, it's just so much competition that it's, it's impossible to differentiate. And that's the point at which um, you really need to do something different. You know, I, I, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a huge Kendrick Lamar fan. And one of my favorite songs is when he's talking about doing things differently, essentially, and um, not like morphing yourself into something you're not, but just trying something completely different. And I think that that's the best advice to follow on to that, not negativity, but frustration that sometimes comes along with, you know, giving people advice and then they're like, they're not getting anywhere and they feel, you know, despair. Right, right. And that's the other thing, too, that people have to set realistic expectations as well, right? So when you are applying for jobs, know that not everyone is going to respond with an offer. <laughs> that's just that's just part of it. And that also ties back into knowing that just because someone may not respond doesn't mean that you did anything wrong either. Sometimes it's just not for you and it's not the time, right? So 
having people understand that going in, I think it helps them level set on what they intend to get out of it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And Rob, as we start to wind down, can you tell me a few lessons that you've learned during this wonderful year of 2020? <laughs> so many lessons, uh, Kim, just so many. Um, you know, it's been an interesting time. So for context, I'm a salesperson at LinkedIn, as as people know, I think. And for me, I probably am used to traveling somewhere in the neighborhood of 75% of the time. And that's not because, you know, my company's telling me to go travel, but that's my job. Like I do do most of my best work in person, whether it's facilitating a meeting, sitting down with someone that's a customer talking about um, the topics of the day and marketing and technology. Um, but that's now been, you know, taken away. So it's, it's uh, created like this new world of like, um, you know, it's very easy to all of a sudden lose your focus and sort of fall into this pit of despair. I've done it a number of times and um, it's very, very difficult. So what I'm learning is, is, is a couple things. One is the mental health aspect of the, 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 the situation we're in right now with the pandemic um, is really something you need to focus on. Um, you need to figure out whatever it is that's going to keep you physically and mentally healthy. You need to double down on that. For me, it's mountain biking. It's you know doing basic things every day, like trying to get some kind of exercise. Um, I think that's critical, and I think you're going to see like the mental health aspect of this thing play out if you're not really uh, focused on it. My heart goes out to people that have small kids or having kids or whatever. I think that's extremely difficult or you know you have your 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 children or or or, or um or adults for that matter at your house or you're all living together unexpectedly it creates a lot of opportunity also a lot of tension sometimes so that's been sort of my focus on on or my sort of reaction is the mental health aspect of this how do you stay how do you stay woke how do you stay like committed and and keep dreaming big and and doing things very difficult right now so i think one is you know, you got to get the mental squared away. I mean, shoot, Kim, I've talked to you about this offline, like getting, I've gotten advice from you. I've been inspired by watching your Instagram and listening to your podcast. I think it's fascinating and positive. You've got to stay, find positive things to keep yourself going. Both the mental stuff, the exercise stuff, you know, find some great podcasts, whatever. Like you've got to keep your brain and body um, um, up to snuff, or you're going to, you're going to find that it's going to be more difficult. Um, I think that's sort of the most important thing, honestly, um, that that's happening right now. Yeah. And I thank you again, Rob, for one, being a support of a supporter of me in general, and also for, you know, listening and for sharing and for being able to, see the positive in the midst of all the craziness because it's, it's craziness for sure. Right. But mental health is definitely going to be something that, or it's an area that a lot of people will realize that they either have not dealt with or they have, they have to deal with better, (laughs) you know, because a lot of people have never had to be in positions where they are really just at home or they haven't had to be in positions where they have more time on their hands to really think or to, yeah. to just, you know, to handle some of the things that have bothered them. I know, for example, that there's a young lady who I spoke with who she said, 
for years, she she ignored the fact that she has um, insomnia and she was able to get away with it because she was doing the, the work um, where she she worked late nights and, you yeah. know, she was really tired. And then it was like, you know, a, a quick nap here. But with work slowing down, homegirl has had to go to sleep earlier and yeah. she can't sleep. And something now that she's like, you know what, I'm not going to drink it away. I'm going to have to deal with this. And a lot of people are having to deal with what's been lingering in the background. And 2020 is exposing all of our dark shit, <laughs> you know, like all the things that you didn't think you you had to deal with, all the well, it's, issues. It's super dark. And like, there's, listen, there's probably not any family out there that isn't contending with um, some kind of like mental health stuff, probably the work stuff. And then you've got the pandemic and then you've got a lot of issues going on with social justice and equal rights. And everyone has um, a lot of division there. Like, let's just be real about it. There's a lot going on. I mean, I've seen it uh, in um, very specifically have seen like just divisions increasing in families uh, over these issues. And it's not just politics, really not about politics exclusively. It's about like the future. And, um, if, if, if you don't really, if you're not looking around and realizing that we have a lot going on with our climate and our country and, you know, health and the pandemic, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I've gone from being paranoid and like, can't do anything to being more almost like liberated at this point where I'm like, okay, this is a great time to take stock of everything that's broken or confusing or exciting and latch onto the things that make the most sense. Put your arms around the people that you love the most and go to your inner circle people and reconnect with them and then move forward. It's like a great time to be doing that. But Underneath all that is a lot of stuff. We know that. And the people that aren't talking about it, those are the people that are going to be, um, you know, they're probably not going to be in your life or the people that you really don't want to be listening to their advice, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really true. And, you know, Rob, not to get too dark, but do you have any fears as we enter 2021? Yeah, I mean... Um, it's not really dark. I mean, I have a fear of uh, getting sick and dying, and it's probably a um, a uh, unfounded fear statistically, but I'm definitely okay. scared. Of that. I'm more scared about you know um, my you know family members, particularly my kids who are you know one out of college, one almost done, and one about to start potentially, and uh, how they're you know how they're coping and how they're gonna. Um, you know, sort of grapple with the issues that, you know, we're leaving this generation and, and the next generation, you know, um, a, a variety of them. So I'm worried about that. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot to have on your shoulders. And then on the, on the work front and the economy front, I mean, there's probably very few people that aren't worried about their job or, job security, uh, yeah. you know, you just don't know. So it's very difficult, a lot of sort of dark clouds. And if you can't, if, if, if you just revolve around those constantly and listen, let me be honest. I, I did that for the first couple of months, March, April. I was like, wow, like this is, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, I still functioned and did my job, but probably um, if you want to sort of move into the next level and you really want to dream big and, and get things done, you're going to have to grapple with a lot of things and find the light. 
uh, in between all that darkness. Mm -hmm. And speaking of light, what are you manifesting? Yeah, so um, for me, I'm, I'm manifesting, of course, like on, on a practical level, this do work initiative so I can kind of educate people and keep them motivated. And also um, really just sort of getting more focus on um, sort of the near term future, like sort of manifesting my own, um, you know, uh, interest in trying to be healthy and, and happy. I mean, that's as simple as that for me right now. Well, I am here for all of your manifestations, and I believe that they will be manifested sooner than you think. So <laughs> any way that I can help you to bring it to pass, you know how to reach me for sure. And I'm not just saying that, you know that I mean that. So thank you, Rob, for joining and for spending this time with the Let's Manifest audience. I'm excited to see all that is coming in the future. And more so excited to see how our listeners, you know, connect with you, because I do believe that they are going to be reaching out. I'm sure those that are listening have tons of questions that they may want to ask. So everyone within the sound of my voice, feel free to reach out to Rob and connect with him on all socials that will be in the show notes. But I do think you're you're going to end up meeting some new people <laughs> that are not only equally as passionate as you are about doing work, but that may have questions around, you know, what that next play really looks like for them. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear all the varying types of comments and connections that, that I get. And I'd love to be always, always be connecting. Um, really appreciate you having me on the show, Kim, so much. I'm such a big fan of yours. Oh, thank you, Rob. Thank you. And Friendly reminder to everyone that is listening, don't forget to share this podcast with your crew, leave a review, again, connect with Rob, and until next time, let's manifest. Thanks for listening to the Manifest Podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family, share this with your friends, share this with your colleagues, just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's manifest.